New policies to address the opioid epidemic have focused in part on reducing prescriptions for opioids that are provided for non-cancer pain. But people with cancer can also become addicted to opioids, and as more patients survive much longer after a cancer diagnosis, opioid dependence may be seen more frequently in this group. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Allison Lauren, an Associate Professor of Medicine at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Lauren has written a perspective article about opioid use disorder in survivors of cancer. Dr. Lauren, why have patients with cancer generally been excluded from guidelines that otherwise are intended to reduce opioid prescriptions? That's a great question, and it's one that I've actually asked myself frequently. I think in general, um, studies that are looking at various kinds of medical issues often exclude cancer patients because they have particular needs or certain physiologies that are different. I guess I'm thinking about things like studies about sepsis often exclude cancer patients and so forth. And so I think that there's some bias toward thinking about patients who have cancer differently than other patients. And I think also it's a very delicate subject. I know it frequently arises that patients with cancer who do have severe cancer-related pain sometimes feel that there is discrimination against them being unable to obtain the prescriptions that they need to control their pain. And certainly patients who are at the end of life very frequently need substantive doses of opioids to make them comfortable. So it's a very thorny and complex, nuanced issue. And so I think given how complex the opioid epidemic is in general, trying to take the most complex patients out of that mix makes some sense, but also creates a doubly intense need for study in that group of patients. So in 2016, there were more than 15 million cancer survivors in the United States. Are there any data on how frequent opioid use disorder is in that group? None that I'm aware of. There's no question when you talk anecdotally with colleagues that we all run into this from time to time. And I think one of the challenges is how do you know that it's there? If the patients describe escalating pain, we're all taught that it's very difficult to objectively assess pain. And we're trained to, of course, believe our patients, which is very important in the therapeutic relationship that we have with our patients. And so sometimes it may not be apparent to either the patient or the caregiver or the physician that perhaps there's an opioid use disorder that's developing. And I think that being sensitive to that can sometimes raise awareness. But it's a very uncomfortable topic to bring up in the office setting. Many patients feel that there is a huge stigma attached to being dependent. And it's hard to bring that up, especially when you're having complex other kinds of conversations in a limited office visit. It can be difficult to raise this issue. You mentioned in your article that one of the reasons oncologists prescribe so many opioids is that they're hampered by warnings that patients receiving chemotherapy shouldn't take non-opioid pain relievers. Given that, what kinds of options do physicians have for managing pain in people with cancer? That's a huge challenge, and one of the reasons that I think that more research in this area is really desperately needed. Some of the things that I think we can do are to be thoughtful about why those recommendations exist, and instead of reflexively avoiding non-opioid pain relievers, to think through for each individual patient, well, is this patient at risk for these issues? If the patient is not receiving, for instance, potentially hepatotoxic chemotherapy medications and the risk for neutropenia is low, then perhaps we could liberalize, for instance, our use of acetaminophen in some patients. I just think that there's some additional thought rather than an automatic avoidance could open the doors to some flexibility. But I think additional study would be 
essential, even for the most basic forms of pain relievers that people take all the time, but more specifically to see if there are novel ways to control pain. In your article, you describe the case of a young woman with chronic myeloid leukemia who developed severe chronic graft-versus-host disease after a transplant, and she ultimately began abusing opioids. Are certain kinds of patients with cancer especially at risk for opioid use disorder? Well, I think it's reasonable to extrapolate the risk factors that we know exist for the general population. There's no reason to believe that the expectations would be different in oncology patients. And so those risk factors typically include things like other mood disorders, patients with functional limitations, younger patients, patients who are using other substances like cigarettes. And so I think to have sort of a heightened awareness and to think about what are the patterns or indicators of potentially a substance use disorder. Are they refilling prescriptions too quickly? Do family members reflect concern? I mean, these are people, unlike non-oncology patients, these are typically people who have extensive contact with the healthcare system. So many opportunities for people to interview, probe, observe. Not that we should be stalking our patients, of course, but it's reasonable to think about it. And I think when we are renewing our patients' opioid prescriptions to be at least considering, is this somebody who we could lower the dose? Is this somebody we could think about tapering? And I have found that sometimes just having the conversation with patients can actually help determine if there is a concern for that. Many patients will wish to come off of medications that they're on, and if there's no interest in that, that's certainly something that worries me. Finally, you write that when you eventually found an inpatient rehab facility that accepted the insurance that your patient had, they rejected her when they heard her medical history. So what should oncologists do when they suspect that one of their patients has opioid use disorder? Where can they refer patients? How can they support them? That was one of the most painful experiences, frankly, in my career as a physician. I all but offered to move in to the facility to help them take care of her. And I do think it's very challenging. And I think one way in which many of us are fortunate is, as I mentioned, our patients tend to have lots of contact with the healthcare system, and we benefit from the care in many situations of strong multidisciplinary teams. And so it's very frequent for people who work in the cancer field to have access to social workers and pain management or palliative care teams, psychology or psychiatry counseling services. And so what I would advise is don't go it alone and really use your resources. When I have been in these situations, unfortunately, this was not the only one, although it was certainly one of the most poignant I've really benefited from trying to pull as many resources as I could from the team that worked around me. And to be perfectly honest, not only does that benefit the patient, but as a physician, it actually benefited me. I was in a great deal of distress um, facing this situation, felt extremely helpless, and having the support of my colleagues to sort of help me help her was actually invaluable. And so I think just being cognizant of all the resources that exist in your practice site and being open to availing yourself of as many complementary resources as possible. And thinking broadly, there are many, many forms of healthcare workers and mental health workers who have some experience with addiction. And so trying to think as creatively as you can about where you can pull your resources to help support the patients is really essential. And getting buy-in from the family members and caregivers as part of the team is absolutely essential as well, so that you're not going it alone. Thank you, Dr. Lauren.